If you're looking for the official podcast of the Virginia Municipal League, the VML Voice, you found it. I'm your host, Rob Bullington. For those of you who have listened to the other three episodes in our Conference Connection series, we've arrived at the fourth and final episode. Thanks for joining us on the journey. For those who skipped the first three, it's okay. The VML Voice understands we all have busy lives to lead. But do yourself a favor and check out the others, too. You won't miss anything by listening out of order, but you will miss out if you don't listen at all. So with that friendly bit of advice out of the way, let's get back to the Lansdowne Resort. The time is early October. The occasion is the VML 2021 Annual Conference. Your guest host is John Steely, VML's incoming president and council member from the city of Fairfax. John is in the mostly empty ballroom between sessions where I've set up some microphones. Let's find out which attendee he's corralled this time. And we're back here at the uh, 2021 VML Annual Conference doing the Voice of VML podcast. Really excited to be joined with my colleague from uh, the Great Falls Church, Ross Lichtenhaus. Ross, thanks for being here. John, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. It's it's always good to gather. Uh, we get to see each other a little bit in the Northern Virginia area, but also at the annual conference, take a step back and, and sort of share some thoughts across the Commonwealth. Give, give me one thing you enjoy about the VML Annual Conference or something you look forward to each year. So the VML, what's great about VML uh, and I think you can appreciate that as, as well. Uh, Virginia, it's, it's a big state. And to some extent, uh, you know, in northern Virginia, we do live inside a bit of a, a bubble, right? Uh, and that's not just from a personal and professional perspective, but even from a political perspective. And I think one of the things that I appreciate and enjoy the most about VML and certainly look forward to the most each year is getting together with other members, elected officials, uh, staff from throughout the rest of Virginia, that we don't get to interact with much on a regular basis. And I think the thing that is probably the most refreshing to me, especially in what can become a fairly vitriolic uh, political environment, um, when you think outside the state of Virginia and across the country, is that we're, we're really not that different. Uh, when, you, when you talk to our other members, regardless of whether from a small town, rural, urban, uh, you know, across the demographics, we're not that different. The issues that, that we're facing are all very similar. Uh, maybe the scale is different, um, but but generally we're, we're all dealing with the same issues. And I think it's refreshing um, to come here and interact with folks and realize that um, I think we have more in common uh, than we than we do uh, that's different uh, amongst all of us. And so I think, again, it's refreshing given the current political environment um, but but also just refreshing from a, from a human perspective to interact with folks that are all working towards kind of the same collective goals, which are frankly to make their communities better. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Coming here and meeting face to face and chatting with folks from wherever they are, I, I'm energized each time because you get to see folks as human beings and share the stories of, of triumph or tribulation or successes as, as they kind of go forward. And nobody has more energy than you, John, well, when it comes to VML. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's, <laughs> I feed off of others' energy, so that's what makes it fun. It's intoxicating, John. Well, that's what we're looking for here. It's that, that connected community's vision as, as, we, as we drive forward. As you think about, you know, kind of Falls Church and, and what you've been through, what's one thing you're excited about that, that you're currently working on uh, kind of in, in your city? Uh, well, we've had... I mean, like many communities, it's been a pretty tumultuous, you know, 18 months, two years. And coming out the other side of that, returning to whatever that sense of normalcy is now, uh, I, th- I think is, to some extent, a burden, you know, has been lifted off of our shoulders. And, and I feel like that we're getting back to seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. But a lot's happened. 
um, you know, during that, that time period. And we've, you know, successfully navigated, you know, whether it's uh, small grants through our EDA to local businesses. We built a brand new $120 million high school, which was the single largest investment in the city's history. Uh, and we've got a number of other large commercial developments that are underway also some of the largest in the city's history that are going to help pay for that. And so we've got a lot effectively, you know, kind of in the ground already uh, that we're going to be managing over the next year. And I think the big topic du jour uh, from our perspective, and I know that City of Fairfax is dealing with this as well, is, you know, we've got an influx of money from the federal government uh, as part of ARPA. And so in terms of what is really our primary role as elected officials managing our budget, um, I think we have a lot of very important decisions to make, uh, and I think that that money can be put to use from a long-term investment perspective that can have, I mean, really generational impacts uh, in the city, especially when you think about Falls Church, which is two square miles, 14,500 residents. And um, you know, when, you, when, you, when you look at the size of influx of that kind of money, we can accomplish some things that have been on our wish list for a while or or capital projects and things that we have needed to take care of, but um, for one reason or another, have not been able to accomplish yet. And so I think that that's something that we've all got kind of circled on the calendar uh, on a regular basis that, we are, um, that, that we're trying to solve for and we know we're going to solve for and really going to be able to do some amazing things over the next year or two. Well, speaking of tough decisions, I want to close on this. You, you've had to make one recently uh, to sort of juggle and, and, and make a hard decision not to seek re-election. Give me some thoughts on, on what went into that decision and kind of what you hope to leave as, as you step away for a little while. Oh, man, you gave me goosebumps when you said that. Um, it, it was a hard decision. Uh, I, I've been four years in this role, and you know all of the things that – and I'm very fortunate, let me say, first of all, very fortunate. Everything that I wanted to accomplish, the reason that I – quote unquote, got off the couch to run for election, we've accomplished. We lowered our property tax rate. We built that new high school. We did a PPEA um, partnership to develop our commercial land to help pay for it. And we've done a number of other things, obviously navigating COVID that I'm very proud of. And so I get to leave on a high note, which is great. But I will tell you, it was more difficult deciding not to run for re-election than it was deciding to run in the first place. I mean, and I say this in all sincerity, and I know that you can appreciate this, uh, and I know that you probably feel the same way. This is, without a doubt, the most purposeful thing that I have ever done professionally in my life. Uh, it was very rewarding. Uh, I loved, I won't say loved every minute of it, um, but, but I truly, in, in aggregate, loved this job and still do. And so it was a very, very difficult decision. But I launched a new company back, back in February, and I've got employees and obviously family members as well that are depending on me. And you know, sat down and looked at the ledger, and I just could couldn't make couldn't make sense out of it. And what it really came down to is not that, you know, I, f I felt that um, I wouldn't be able to hold the position. It was could I give it everything that the position deserved? Uh, and you know this um, when we work as local, you know, elected officials, it's a it's a it's a part time job that is obviously full time in terms of commitment. Um, but but it requires heart and it requires hours and time. And if you want to do it right, uh, it, it requires a lot of time. Uh, and I felt if I can't give it what it deserves. If I can't give the community that would elect me to serve in that position what they deserve, then I'm just, I can't, I'm not going to do it. I'm gonna, it's not fair to the community. It's not fair to my family. It's not fair to others that may want to seek office that can give it that time. But I'm not, not going away. I'm not leaving. I've got, I've got designs on, on other things and I, I will be back. Maybe in a different capacity, but I'll be back. Uh, that, that's an excellent way to end, end this uh, discussion right here because I think it's really important that folks hear what it's like to make a decision like that. So I really appreciate you sharing. Ross, thanks for taking the time and chatting today. John, thanks for inviting me. And thanks again for putting on just a wonderful conference. Our pleasure. It's great to join you. 
pretty cool to think that conversations like the one that John and Ross had were happening all over the annual conference for those three days. I know I'm not alone in wishing Ross all the best in his future endeavors. Next, we're going to check in with one of VML's newest community business members, and also a conference sponsor, the Mitra Corporation. In order to get back to early October, I've got to dial in the controls on the VML voice time machine here, um, so I can communicate with my former self. Rob, from early October, uh, can you hear me? Rob, where are you? I'm in a very empty banquet room. It's the last morning of the conference. Everything's nice and quiet, and I've taken the opportunity to pull a couple of our newest members and uh, some new friends into into the conversation with me from the Mitra Corporation. Introduce yourselves and tell me what you do. Hi, good morning, Rob. Uh, my name is Samit Bujay Singh, and I am a technical fellow at the Mitra Corporation. And um, I really enjoyed the conference so far, really looking to connect with folks, uh, especially at the state and local level who we haven't interacted as much with before. Good morning, Rob. I'm Deb Zides. I'm a retired Air Force officer. been working at the MITRE Corporation for three years. My area of expertise is uh, solving problems, but we like to talk about rapid prototyping to find solutions and then fielding that as quick as possible to help get those solutions to the people who need them. So thank you very much. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And of course, I realize I just mispronounced the name of the company there in the intro. So I'll redo that when I go and make an official because we can fix all of this. (laughs) So I'm going to start out real, real quick. A lot of people, including myself, what does technical fellow mean? What is that? Technical fellow is a role that MITRE created so that um, we can integrate all the different work that we're doing across multiple of our sponsors to really take advantage of the insights we learn across the company. So instead of focusing on our stovepipe uh, mission areas, uh, we work across to identify best practices, solutions that work one area that might be applicable to others. So my role here is uh, kind of an integration role. Right. And that that makes sense, because when I look at what you do, it's a lot of different things. Um, can you give me a quick a quick hit of like what are all the different things that you're absolutely you have uh, your hands so, in? Yeah. So so MITRE, we don't produce 70,000 widgets. Um, MITRE's mission is solving problems for a safer world. And, and what does that really mean? It means that we run six federally funded research and development centers for different federal agencies. And so we're involved in activities with the Department of Defense, Homeland Security, FAA, Health and Human Services, Treasury, IRS. And uh, we do a lot of work, a lot of projects, a lot of research, um, a lot of solving together at that federal level. And in reality, we've been doing this for decades, working with those agencies, and and we've amassed so much knowledge, kind of like what what Sanath mentioned, is across all of these different mission areas. And so here we are at the federal level with all of that, and we'd really like to, that's why we're here today, actually, why we're here at the conference is we're in your backyard. Headquarters uh, MITRE is right here in McLean, Virginia. And so we thought we'd come out and say, hey, if you ever need a cup of sugar, you know, we're your neighbor, we're right here. And we've got a lot of solutions that uh, may be applicable to the challenges, to the problems that the state and local levels are are seeing right now. I like that. And in fact, uh, I'm looking forward in the coming year to getting more information out to our members about all the different things you have going on, starting with our last newsletter. Uh, We had an item in there about some STEM training uh, for teenagers that you're one of the sponsors for coming up later this month. Yeah. MITRE loves loves STEM. Um, we have about uh, I'd say what Santa about ninety five hundred employees, and um, if you if you look at the the resumes, it's it's all STEM for the most part, and we want to bring up that next generation. So anytime MITRE can 
support a STEM event, uh, we do our best to, to lean in. Um, you know, we can help support activities. We can um, have we have internships at the, at the high school level. We have internships at the college level. We see a lot of um, college uh, students will come in, do their internship. They'll graduate and they'll call back and say, hey, I had a great time at MITRE. You got any full-time positions? So um, students who are interested in robotics or um, artificial intelligence, math, science, anyone with that inquisitive mind, we, we would love to, to help them with our, our STEM programs. I love the way you say those words, too. It makes them even more exciting. <laughs> it's that Boston accent mis- right, mixed right? with the military, <laughs> right? right? So. It makes me believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I can still pack my car and have a God. <laughs> So we got to get going because we're about to jump into a, a cybersecurity session um, that Sanath is going to be introducing. Uh, what, what are we, what's the cybersecurity situation? What, what are you working on? Like two minutes or less, you know, what's yeah, going on? So um, things like cybersecurity ransomware are challenges that are nationwide. Um, it's not specific to any one location or any one industry or any one individual. This has become to the scale where we need a whole of government effort to address. And so MITRE in its role, in this integration role, um, this is an issue that can't be tackled just at the federal level. We need partnerships at the state and local as well. You all are very much closer to the problem space than we are sometimes. You know what works, what doesn't work, uh, what the challenges are from recovering, etc. So MITRE is here really to try to play a partnership collaboration role that we can basically energize all of our efforts um, such that the collective is bigger than the sum of the parts. That's great because I feel very close to the problem space a lot of the times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks a lot for doing this. Thanks for joining me. Uh, this is a VML Voice at the annual conference, and uh, thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks Rev. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining the VML Voice for our series of Conference Connections episodes. And again, thanks to our guest host, VML President, and City of Fairfax Council member, John Staley. VML Voice is made possible in part through the support of Virginia Housing and Dominion Energy. And now, here is this episode's VML Voice of Reason. Uh, Virginia, it's, it's a big state. And to some extent, uh, you know, in Northern Virginia, we do live inside a bit of a, a bubble. Um, but, but generally, we're, we're all dealing with the same issues. 